He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. So what it will become will fill the whole earth. This insignificant and in many ways invisible kingdom will spread and grow such that one day it will inhabit the whole earth. Its impact will be universal. And it will outlast and outlive and overtake every other kingdom. So it's not a flash in the pan. It's here to stay. And Jesus says that although it starts small, is going to consistently grow and grow and spread and spread till one day it will fill the entire earth. And everyone will see that Jesus is king. If not now, but when he returns. It says, doesn't it, that the changing in, in this parable is when it says, but when it has grown, the growth of this kingdom is going to be huge, such that it would be a very great kingdom indeed. It will spread. It just keeps on growing. As with the garden, so with the gospel. It's only a matter of time before Barry knows this. The seed that you put in the ground uh, sends out a shoot that breaks the surface. Then it's a thriving small plant if you give it water. And before long, it's a small bush. And if it's the mint that you haven't put in a, a pot, it will take over your whole garden. And much as you try to dig it up, or, or, or weaker it, or cut it down, it's just not going to go anywhere, it just keep bouncing back. And it ends up big enough that a bird can sit in its branches. So that's the picture we get of Jesus' kingdom. It's resilient and it just keeps growing and keeps spreading. And like a, an aggressive gardener, which I think I am, there have been many, haven't there, who've attempted and even imagined they've succeeded in stopping Jesus' kingdom from growing. The kingdom of Jesus just keeps growing and spreading. Because this is growth that cannot be stopped. Try anything, dig it up, cut it back, but it will keep growing and keep coming back. With this kingdom, actually opposition helps it to grow. It causes it to spread even further and even wider. Jesus' kingdom is unstoppable. And all around the world, people will know about Jesus today. So we've seen, haven't we, that although it starts and it looks unimpressively weak, uh, what it will become will fill the entire earth. And we need to hold those two together in, as Christians because... Uh, as I said at the start, what we look for instantly is impressive. We want it to be impressive. And what looks weak and ineffective, we just we just don't feel great about. We don't really get behind. But Jesus says, this is what my kingdom is like. Don't trust what you think it looks like. Trust what it will become. Um, and nowhere and no one will be unaffected by this kingdom. So the invisible and uh, yeast, which we saw in that third verse, 
it works through the whole dough, the whole the whole flour. It has its effect through the whole lot. The kingdom will have its effect throughout the whole world. And that will either be before Jesus returns or when he returns. Which actually means there's a day coming when each and every person will be faced with Jesus' rule and his right as king. That he rules over them. They'll experience that either as those who have uh, accepted him as, as their Lord and their king. Or as those who are um, against him. And so would set themselves up as a, as a king, the ruler of their lives. Um, so what difference will this make? And I want to think of three different people. So if you're not a Christian, what difference does this picture make of Jesus's kingdom? Well, I guess it helps you, doesn't it, to see that um, there is a danger of assuming that it, it can't be true because it, it doesn't look impressive. It doesn't look all that much. And what can be seen of Christians and Christianity in the UK, uh, especially, is barely visible. This might be the first Christian that you've come across or first uh, hearing of something about Jesus. And the little you can see looks weak, doesn't it? It doesn't look like it's going to come to much, amount to much. You'd be honest to say that because Jesus looks like that, um, that you didn't think you don't think that Jesus is king and you don't think that his kingdom matters but this shows that you can easily fall into a trap of rejecting what Jesus has said here which is that his kingdom will not stop and it will uh, one day be seen throughout the world listen to Jesus he is the one who who is telling us what his kingdom is like don't trust what you think you've seen uh, or, or what you think looks impressive or what others think looks impressive, which is really, really what we do, isn't it? Uh, perhaps you're someone who would go along to church uh, and it's actually really helpful for, for all of us here to ask. Am I in my life? What can I see that is actually uh, plugging into something that is unimpressive and weak. Am I the kind of person that uh, that whenever the church looks embarrassing and irrelevant, or whenever the gospel message looks uh, a bit too offensive, uh, we'd rather keep our status and rather keep uh, looking more impressive to other people? And so we just edit out the bits that people won't like. Or we, we'd rather be a one man show because we can impress people by our knowledge and we don't have to hang out with a bunch of losers in the church. We don't have to be associated with something that looks small, tiny to outsiders. Actually, that is probably a big sign. Uh, that we don't want to be associated actually with Jesus. It's pretty, pretty important because it shows that we don't want to be associated with Jesus because he was rejected. And he was despised. And he looked unimpressive and weak to many. And you won't want to be associated with a, a, a saviour that goes to the cross 
that was crucified and died. So if you're someone who would go to church but think, yeah, I can see that I just, I, I, I love myself <laughs> too much. I haven't really taken hold of Jesus and his kingdom because when it comes to looking unimpressive and weak, I'm not in for that. I care too much what people think of me. And Jesus will come and he will require you to lay that, lay that down. And what if you're a Christian? And I think this is uh, where the passage is going, really, that um, if you're a Christian, you are acutely aware of weakness. Aren't you? You're acutely aware that the church, that the gospel feels weak, feels small. And when you get back to your school or college, when they'll let you back in, uh, you look around at your class group or your form year or your school even, and you can count on one hand the number of people who follow Jesus. And yet you see that the vast majority of people haven't even the slightest bit of interest in him or even know anything about him. That was what it was like for many of us, and it was like that for me. Or perhaps you're painfully aware that... Uh, uh, of being the only one in your family who's a Christian. I know we've got quite a few people here like that. Or you know full well that you're the only Christian in your office when you're allowed to go back to work, in your workplace. And you find it deeply troubling, and it should be. Tiny. Jesus' kingdom barely seems visible here in my school, in my family, in my workplace. And even if he was visible, what impact would it have? What impact can I have as just one Christian? Tiny, weak, insignificant, unimpressive. You maybe look at Beckentree and you say, well, there's been plenty of sowing, hasn't there? Six years of conversations with people on our estate. Well, let's thank God for the growth. Most of the people here in this chat haven't ever entered Dagenham Parish Church, which was the church that decided to start this church six years ago. They never entered Dagenham Parish Church. The church that sent 12 people, very biblical, isn't it, to this part of Beckentree. And many have heard the gospel. Some have come and been around our church. And that's true of a number of you who are still here today. But still, I'm only looking at two dozen people here. There are so many people in so many houses. And they're building them quicker than we can get to them. It's not like that with other venues, is it? Because Lakeside doesn't have to go to people. They flock there in great number. And we can lose our nerve and we can lose our confidence in the gospel because we think, compared to what's trending of the day, this looks unimpressive and weak. Is it going to have any real effect? It would be easy to give up, wouldn't it? Or try something else. Anything that looks like it has a more immediate impact. You'll be tempted to say, as Jesus knows we will be, it doesn't work and it's not worth it. 
But today is the day when we remember Pentecost. And at the end of Matthew's Gospel, we're going to hear these words. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded and uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the in the Holy Spirit. Sorry. Um, to all nations. And at Pentecost, a, uh, we remember that a room full of doubting and discouraged people. Just just one room full of people. Gathered. And they they just witnessed the seed himself, Jesus, their king, being thrust lifeless into the ground. And yet he told them that he would rise again. And when he does, that they would be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit came in power that day and that message went viral. It went to all the nations that were gathered there. And as we've said, haven't we, that far from being a flash in the pan, Jesus's kingdom has outlasted and outlived every other kingdom. The Roman Empire in that day, they were the big dogs, weren't they? We have to read them about them in a history book now. But the church, Jesus's kingdom, is very much alive. And it has scattered throughout the nations and it has borne much fruit. And it will continue to do that until Jesus returns. But it is worth seeing that the dynamic of this growth and this kingdom, it confounds human wisdom, our wisdom. It, it depends not on man, but on God. That's all the more apparent, isn't it, when God chooses to use such unimpressive means like us to deliver the truth about Jesus. No one can say, oh, that bunch, they were the big news. Those guys. They were impressive. They have to say that Jesus is the big news. Because only he could have done it. He receives the full glory. And it's God's plan through his kingdom to use us that the gospel would spread to every home in Dagenham. It will spread and fill the entire earth. The rule of Jesus will be seen everywhere. So live for that kingdom and your every hour of every day will not be wasted. Uh, in a moment I'm going to pray, uh, but it would be worth just uh, taking a moment yourself uh, to think through those two points. What we will see will look unimpressive and weak. What it will become will fill the entire earth. And why not have a conversation with God about that right now? I'll give you a moment to do that. Father, we are so often impressed by instant results. And yet yours is the only kingdom that lasts, which will one day fill the entire earth. We are prone to doubt and give up. Help us to trust what you say. And even though we don't see its full effect now, to keep sharing you with others. Amen. <laughs>